This is Market Talk, brought to you by Allendale, and I am Greg McBride. Mike Lung joins me as always. Mike, we are through the USDA report. Let's talk more uh, from the macro side of things today, because here Tuesday, the day after the USDA report, it kind of felt like the macros took over. They said, "Great, you had your little grain report. Now let's talk. Uh, let's talk real numbers." CPI comes out a little bit hotter than expected, eight point three percent. The core number was six point three. It seems like we're gonna start leaning, and I know this is not probably not the case, but the Fed meeting next week. It seems like we're gonna lead lean towards a one percent or a not one percent, but a one hundred point increase in rates. Where do we go with that? I think it's less the idea of exactly what it is. I think they're pricing in three quarters of a percent right now, but more so the fact that what today did is it took the sale out of the window of a lot of sales when it came to the thought of potentially easing up on that quantitative tightening standpoint. They were looking for another month of decreased inflation. Potentially letting the Fed stance, uh, hold a less uh, hawkish stance and really easing up on the whole economy. But with the numbers we just saw, it just completely took people by surprise, obviously, dropping 700 points a matter of 30 seconds in the Dow and really just taking, like I said, just taking the wind out of the sails there. So having that stance of, okay, they made a lot of comments at the Jackson Hole meeting about the late eight, uh, 70s into the 80s and how they just continued with this higher uh, interest rates, higher interest rates in order to curb inflation, eventually meeting their target and how they had to be really aggressive and making a lot of comparisons to what we're seeing today. So really just re regurgitating that thought process with today's CPI numbers. So with the way that they, the way that we're, I guess we're playing chess at this point with how we have to think about things because if the inflation is higher which would you know regardless of whether it's higher than expected or lower than expected we're still talking eight percent uh or core being six percent plus over last year it's still ridiculously high that to me says we probably still have an inflation problem and we could still expect to see higher prices coming down the line but yet you get the CPI number and now we're thinking, well, now we have to we have to trade the futures against what the Fed's going to do or what they're going to do, not necessarily just next week, but maybe next month and the month after that. So is that why we see that inflation number and it uh, it breaks the market today the way it did? I mean, then that's to say, I mean, crude still... Uh, Posted, you know, just a thirty cent loss when it was down almost two and a half, three dollars at one point. Yeah, you saw a lot of just book liquidation type mentality when those numbers came out, and it was clearly a, more of a funds type mentality because you saw everything in tandem move. So, it the idea is you're going to have the Fed come in here and continue to raise interest rates. You have a bunch of companies that are cloned for layoffs. And what's going to end up happening is you're going to have to start to kill business in order to combat inflation. So if we see labor numbers uh, 
uh, week over week as far as the you know the jobless claims uh, increasing. If we get to the beginning of uh, of October and the uh, unemployment rate or um, non farm payrolls changes uh, significantly, is that the dead on signal for uh, for the recession? Is that we've broken business? So I would lean away from looking for what is a recession. Because we very well could be in the middle of it right now, and we're not going to know about it until they meet five years from now and say, yep, that is not that is a recession. <laughs> what you should be looking at is where do we expect the market environment to go, whether or not you want to put the tagline of recession on it. And right now, clearly, the trade is looking more bearish. You're down almost 1,000 points on the Dow for the day. You got everything that really collapsed back. The crude was able to recover after Biden's administration comments about potentially buying oil back for the strategic oil reserve near that $80 mark. But that's not even a full day for the crew. We very well might just fall right back out of bed tomorrow if they mm-hmm. say, you know what, we back off. We don't want to keep crude supported ahead of the midterms, and we'd like to see it below $80. So uh, there's a lot back and forth, but the general consensus is what's the Fed stance, which is they're going to continue to tighten and they're going to continue to raise rates. How does that affect the markets? Could it be bearish? Could it be destructive towards business? And what does that mean for purchasing the supplies, which comes down to the commodities? Mm-hmm. And it means that there's less businesses, so therefore less people will be purchasing and demand will be shrinking. And that's where it comes into play, where we can run around and try and say, hey, this means recession, this means a recession, but in the grand scheme of things, the important part is where is the current market environment and how do you position yourself? Well, I mean, we know that we still have uh, supply chain issues uh, from, you know, the pandemic and all that stuff. Uh, China's had their manufacturing issues, blah, 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 whatever. Now we throw another wrinkle into it and the potential for the rail strike. Mm-hmm. And that's supposed to be. They need to come up with some sort of a deal before Friday to uh, to stop that. I mean, you've already heard passenger uh, trains have started uh, have started lightening up their uh, their fares at this point. Not necessarily the fares, the actual movement. Um, what does that do for commodities and commodity prices? Because we're talking about a supply chain issue there. Mm-hmm. Is it initially bullish because you're not moving you're not moving grain, so it it costs you more to get it? Is it or you know or building supplies or building materials, whatever whatever it is, um, or is it is it bearish because maybe that demand goes away because we're not able to move from say you know. BFE to the port and and all of a sudden we start losing business that way. I'd say more so bearish and it's because the supply will still be there. You're not destroying the supply. We're not using the supply. The supply is still there and it's just going to have to either, like you said, be moved in a different means. It makes it more expensive, which then would send people to other alternatives or doesn't get moved at all and still there. And one of the good examples we can point to is back when there was the Tyson fire in Kansas back in 2018, 2019, backlogged a bunch of supply of cattle. You saw the market just absolutely tank. And it's because that supply is still there. It's just being backlogged. So now we got to work through that backlog supply. And we only have a finite amount of time for the marketing year. 
and back obviously backlogging everything it just reduces the time that we're able to get it out makes it difficult for elevator managers to take on extra grain going into uh into harvest or during harvest um you know because if they have to sit on that for any amount of time i mean trucks don't necessarily move nearly as much as a a train can so Mm -hmm. interesting okay um from a a charting standpoint because uh, I like to I like to get your thoughts on this and then regurgitate it to my customers later. Um, what are you looking at uh, here uh, in say the equities or in the uh, in the metals or the or the energies right now? Because those are the those are the macro markets we're really watching um, from day to day. Are we doing damage to the point of expecting another massive drop? Um, with all this uh, uh, rate hike talk and and increased inflation, are we looking at sub twenty nine thousand in the Dow or something like that? What uh, what do you think right now? I think this is much like the two thousand eight situation where you have more of this trending environment where it's not just a price shock where you see this thing absolutely collapse in a couple of days, but you have this longer term downwards motion and i think that's exactly what you're looking at you got a lot of people whether you read the stance of managed money and funds and how they're extremely bearish right now for the equity market whether you're looking at where people are putting their 401ks which is historically in cash largest amount of cash that we've seen in a long while people placing their investments and just a low Ability, not ability, but low want of people to invest their money right now. It's, it's just not a bullish situation. Yeah. And while you do have the old saying, if you got everybody on one side of the boat, you probably want to be on the other. It's something that we still have this continued bearish look at it. And we've seen the market move higher. And we've seen the whole debate, is this a start of a bull market or is a bear market correction? And looking at today's price action, you have to look at it and say it seems like that was more so a bear market rally than it is a bull market start so as of right now it just it doesn't look good as we're going to midterms it doesn't look good as we go into the next year and with all the bottlenecks that we're currently facing as well as the more not only macro u.s environment but world environment right now you've got a, still a ton of issues to solve and there's not a whole lot that can be solved quickly with what we're currently looking at right Okay. Um, last thing I, I think that I have at least, uh, where where do we stand with China as as a whole at this point? I mean, we we know that they are still, uh, you know, kind of poking it at Taiwan. Evergrande had some uh, some issues uh, last week. It sounds like they're back up and running this week. Um, there we've talked about the potential switching of from being dollar backed to yuan backed where 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 do you see this all going for china at this point as of right now you've got evergrande that's restarted a ton of projects so that's beneficial you do have state or provinces that are locking down so as of right now, they're just being spread thin on a lot of fronts, whether it be their banking front or whether it be their 
stance on Taiwan, whatever it may be, you do have a lot of issues that are still underlying. And I think one of the bigger things to be watching is with Russia's backing of the yuan as of last week for a 50-50 of the oil pricing, um, Russia's been actually started to be spread through themselves pretty well. There's a lot of infighting within the country. There's a lot of on the borders uh, fighting that's going on that's not you uh, the Russia-Ukraine situation. And you have the Ukraine Ukraine that is pushing and starting to regain territory. Sounds like they're winning. So that's gonna yeah, that's gonna be a problem for China is if Russia does end up losing and continues to be spread thin, well now one of the big distractions that have been taking place is no longer there. And if they do lose that fight and you do have repercussions on the world stage because of it, China definitely loses a big ally there mm-hmm. so that's going to be one of the big stories to watch is with the power stance that they're currently forming whether it be foreign investment in third world countries that the uh u.s and eu countries are now trying to finally start to go after and start to focus on some of those investments or whether it be some of the money that's currently being spread thin with this war there's there's a lot outstanding that russia could be a tipping point that if they fall it really weakens China's stance. So a lot of things to be watching, a lot of macros that we will continue to watch as we get into the end of the year, and only will get larger and more in your face as we get closer to midterms. So if you guys ever have questions, please give us a call, 800-2-MARKET. That's 800-262-7538, or visit us on the web, allendale-inc.com. But today for Allendale, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. You guys have a great one.